Well, one day Jesus was asked uh, about what a neighbor was. And it's an interesting story that Jesus told. It was, Jesus had been preaching and teaching. And there was a young lawyer there who was a little bit, um, just a little bit on the outskirts. You know, he was, he was kind of, you know, rude and he was kind of arrogant and, and this lawyer wanted to know, um, how do I get into the kingdom of heaven? Well, he was talking to Jesus in the, in the midst of a crowd and I think that his request or his question was was relevant, and he probably really meant it. But I was I'm not sure that he understood or even wanted to hear what the answer was. So he asked Jesus. He challenges Jesus's theology about God and about entrance into heaven, and he says, "You know, what do I have to do?" And Jesus immediately challenges him back and says, "Well, do you know the scriptures?" You know, do you know what the Bible, what the scriptures tell you to do? And, you know, the lawyer being kind of an arrogant little guy, he says, of course I know what they're all about. I know what the scriptures tell me to do. You know, the rule says that I'm supposed to love God and then I'm supposed to love my neighbor. And Jesus says, yep, you're all set. There you go. So you've answered your own question. Well, the lawyer wasn't quite happy with that. So what he did was he continued and he says to Jesus, he says, but wait a minute, who is my neighbor? And, George, and Jesus answers the question and says, well, let me tell you a story. He says, let me tell you a story. And he said this, there was a man that uh, was traveling on this road from Jericho to Jerusalem. Now, this road was a difficult road to travel on because there was a lot of crime. You know, if you were on that road and you weren't with a large group of people, chances are you would probably get attacked. You might get robbed or you might get beaten, you know, half to death or whatever. Well, as Jesus is continuing the story, uh, he tells the man, this man left on this road and um, sure enough, um, the man was uh, over... You know, he was beaten and overcame by a group of, of people that robbed him and beat him and, and left him for dead. And Jesus continues and he says, you know, and then a man came traveling by and the man was a priest. Now, certainly the priest would have known all of the laws of God. He would have understood the scriptures and would have understood that, yeah, in order to be in a relationship with God and in order to to enter into the kingdom of heaven, then yeah, you, you love God, number one, and number two, you love your neighbor as yourself. He would have known that. So Jesus is, is continuing and he says, so the, the, the priest sees the man and he, he has to make that choice. Do I help this man or not? Well, Jesus said the, the priest continued on his way. He did nothing. Well, and then Jesus says, then another man came by. And this man was a religious scholar. This man was one that was responsible for interpreting scripture and, re and telling the people about it and what, what, you know, his teachers. He was a teacher of the scriptures. So he certainly would have known. 
But Jesus said this man passed by on the wayside too. He didn't he didn't bother to to help the man. Well, and then Jesus says, you know, but then comes a Samaritan. Well, I'm sure at this point the lawyer probably thought to himself, oh, wait a minute. If a priest didn't get involved and a religious scholar didn't get involved, you know, there's no way in the world that this um, Samaritan guy is even going to, you know, acknowledge that the guy's laying there on the side of the road half dead. I can imagine the crowd back then, too, that was gathered around probably thought the, th thought the same thing. There's no way it's going to happen. Well, so Jesus says, so the Samaritan sees the beaten man. And do you know what he does? He asks the lawyer, he says, do you know what he does? And he doesn't even give the guy a chance to, to respond. He says he went over to him and he cradled the man in his own arms and he cared for the man and he, he bound up his wounds and he, and he took care of the man. I, I can imagine the lawyer, you know, like, what? Are you kidding me? A Samaritan? You know, much less the crowd around there. It was, it was an outcome. It was, it was something that they, they just didn't expect. Jesus in this story saying, you know, these, these upright people that, that just decided not to get involved. But a Samaritan? Come on. Are you kidding me? So Jesus asked the lawyer, who was the neighbor? I don't think the lawyer could even utter the words, the Samaritan. I don't think he could even do that. How many of you remember this guy? Now, I know you can't really answer me right now, but, um, you know, his name is uh, Mr. Roberts. And Mr. Roberts had a television show um, called Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And every episode of this show started off the same way. Mr. Rogers uh, had the camera uh, show a little neighborhood, and then all of a sudden we're in a living room, and then the door would open, and Mr. Rogers would walk in, and he always had a tie on and a suit, or at least a suit coat, and he, he opened the, the closet door and took his coat off and hung it up and put on his little sweater. And then he would sit down and he would take his shoes off and put on some sneakers. You know, every episode kind of started off the same way. And then the visit would begin. You know, he would talk about things that were going on in the neighborhood. And he would talk... Uh, and sometimes even introduce some of the neighbors. Like there was Mr. Um, McFeely, who was the postman for the neighborhood. Sometimes Mr. Rogers would have him come in and talk to him. There was a cellist uh, that uh, Mr. Rogers would uh, talk with once in a while. And his name really was Yoyama. I don't know where that came from, but uh, that was the name that uh, he used on the show. Well... This show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, created an environment where all people were welcome. All people were cared for. And it was a show that gave us things to think about. Some of those things were things that we, we enjoyed and we, you know, we could, we could savor a little bit. Other times, uh, the things that uh, Mr. Rogers brought up, they were just plain difficult to even consider. 
on the show as he reached out to kids and people, um, he would talk about all kinds of topics. You know, he went really from, from like death to divorce and to all kinds of issues uh, he addressed on this show. Well, one really hot summer um, back in those days, uh, people of color were being chased out of swimming pools uh, left and right. It was a very tumultuous time in our in our culture. Well, what happened was there was a news story one night, one day that um, that showed a picture of a hotel owner dumping uh, acid into the swimming pool in order to chase out an African-American family. It was a horrific picture. It was a terrible thing for this man to do in the midst of all those things. But Mr. Rogers responded to that. You know what he did? On his next show, what Mr. Rogers did was he talked about how when it's hot outside, sometimes it's just really, really nice to put your feet into a pool of cold water. So he sets up a little kiddie pool, and Mr. Rogers rolls up his pant legs and takes his shoes and socks off and puts his feet in the water, and ah, this is wonderful. And then he does something that kind of shocked the world, shocked the culture, is he invites uh, Officer Clement, who was an African-American police officer in the neighborhood, to join him. And all of a sudden, you have this white guy with his feet in this little kiddie pool and an African-American police officer with his feet, you know, in the pool next to him. And this was an image that the world really, really needed to see back then. They needed to see that people were cared for and that people should be loved and not discriminated against. Mr. Rogers absolutely stood up to racism uh, in a way that I that I really admire, you know, he went out on a limb and he 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 did something that a lot of people um, would never have done. And he talked about it, and he talked about how people are valued and how people should be loved. You know, remember the way Jesus challenged the theology or the thinking of the lawyer. What was he doing? He was basically telling them, the lawyer and the people that were listening that God values all people. God values all people and that we, in response to God's love, should value all people too. And that regardless of who we are, if, if even if we were a priest or even if we were a religious scholar or whatever, or even a Samaritan, we should always look at other people as being highly valued children of God. You know, Mr. Rogers had a, a quote, and here it is on the screen for you. The greatest thing that you can do is to let someone know that they are loved and that they are capable of loving. You see, love is, it's at the heart of everything. What Fred Rogers was doing was sharing the love of God, preaching the good news of Christ, through a television screen, which was exactly what he set out to do. You see, Rogers was an ordained Presbyterian minister. I don't know if everybody knows that. But he never wore the pulpit robe. He never wore the clergy collar. He, he never talked on the show about being a Christian. 
He simply preached love in everything that he did on his show and in his personal life. He really found a way uh, to make sure that everything he did uh, was uh, just a way of presenting the gospel to new people. I have a question for you. The question is this. What did they do that helped them overcome racism? What did they do? And by they, I'm talking about the three people that we've talked about over the last three weeks. Alice, what did she do that helped her overcome the bitterness of the racism that she experienced? What did Pierre Toussaint, uh, that we talked about last week, what did he do that helped him to live beyond being oppressed by racism? And what did Mr. Rogers do to overcome the racism that he saw in the world and the culture around him? You know what they did? They chose to see people uh, from a heart that loves them the same way that God sees them. That's exactly what they did. They chose to see people as God sees people. Now, I'll be the first to tell you, I've never, I've, I've not always done that. You know, you want to know the truth? Ask my family, ask my brothers, they'll tell you. But I can tell you that um, what these three people we've studied over the last several weeks is they lived it out. They lived out this idea that God has created all people and that all people are created equal. And we are to love God supremely and we are to love our neighbor as ourself. Now, all of this stems from this scripture uh, that comes from the book of, of Micah. It's Micah 6, 8, if you want to look it up. He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. What's he saying? He's saying you gotta be you gotta be just. You gotta be honest. You gotta you gotta do the right thing. You know, because that's the nature of God, is to do the right thing. And then he says you gotta you gotta love kindness. Not just do kindness, but he's talking about the heart here. You you gotta love it. You gotta love being kind. You gotta love when kindness comes your way. You gotta love this concept of being kind to all people. And then he says to walk humbly with your God. That means it's not really about you. It's about walking with your creator, uh, living for him, living according to his statutes, and just being the person that God has called you to be in many different ways.